To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Welcome. Well, come in. Let's put on the show. Your cadaverous pallor. Aloha. Betrays an aura of foreboding. Hang on to them hats and glasses. And now, ladies and gentlemen, remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. It's Remain Seated, Please, episode 10. We've made it to 10. Today, we have another very special episode where we have two guests on this podcast. Who are they? Well, uh, returning for his second episode is Addison Kowalski. Feels good. Um, Addison, how you been? I'm good, thanks. All right. And uh, making his podcast debut, Nathan Huckabone from ThemeParkLead.com. Nathan, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Is it you... Nathan or Nate? Uh, Nate. Okay, and, great. And that's the first time that someone has had to clarify my first name and not my last name. You I, got that right. I went phonetic pretty... with it. <laughs> that was good. No, okay, yeah, cool. That, you... So the reason we're having Nate on the podcast this week is Nate is actually a former cast member of two, three Disney parks. How many Disney parks? Two Disney resorts. You can put it that way. Sure, yeah. yeah. We thought it would be fun to have him in and ask all kinds of questions. That's right. <laughs> What's your story with Disney? Where's your passion come from? For, for Thank you. That's Disney. a great question. Oh, okay. I didn't. I don't think I know. I have very fond memories of, of Disney films. I love. I, I still. You know, I'm first person in line when a Pixar movie or Disney movie comes out. Um, but the real thing for me has always been attractions, and so I just all. You know, I've always loved how attractions work and nobody does better than disney and so that that's always been kind of thing that that's driven me to to love theme parks um and that's you know why i do my my website probably the same reason you guys do your website because you know you have a passion for these places yeah. and i you know i, I like and I, I like exploring other theme parks as well but at the end of the day disney really does it yeah probably better than anybody out there so. where do you think that passion comes from no, because people, like, for me, people always ask, they're like, why, like, why, and it, yeah, it, it why is kind of like a Disney rude question, so like, yeah. I'm tired like, of answering it, but, like, <laughs> especially for this podcast. In, I grew up in La Mirada. It's right on the edge of L.A. County and Orange County, it's about 15 minutes from Disneyland. Growing up, I would always, you know, uh, I would say biggest influence of somebody who really kind of instilled theme parks in me, um, other than my dad, would probably be my aunt. Like, uh, me and my two cousins, she would always take us every, every year to a different theme park or water park, you know, whether it was Raging Waters or Disneyland or... Uh, you know, Knott's Berry Farm, those are kind of three. We went to, growing up, we would get to go once a year. And there, my dad knew somebody who worked there, and they would get us in like once a year. Every once in a while, I'd go like maybe twice a year because, you know, sometimes. And then my, my sister started working there. And so when I was like in eighth grade or seventh and eighth grade, she started getting me in. Southern California is such a great backyard, I mean, as far yeah. as. Uh, so I guess we'll dig right in. Why don't you tell us uh, your the first time you worked at a Disney park and what you did? Uh, I, yeah, first time working at Disney, uh, was, uh, to, or in 2004, I left my, uh, first job at Knott's Berry Farm and headed over to Disneyland, a couple miles away, and, uh, started there at the Opera House on Main Street. I feel like I know Steve Martin, because my first job at Disney was Disneyland, <laughs> no, Disneyland the first 50 magical years, it was at the Opera oh, House. Oh, yes. yes. And so I'd say, you know, uh, you know, and I'd do a whole thing. And so I would sit in a theater and watch him every day. Was Mr. Lincoln back there? Yeah, he was in a, there's a crate over him. Really? Yeah. De-skinned. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, so they, Nate. I, mean, they, I know, this is like weird. The animatronic gets de-skinned. The, the um, you know, just like uh, all the audio, audio animatronics at Disney, you know, they, they have their own costuming um, individuals that, that maintain their costumes. And so, um underneath there's actually a lot of space underneath uh, the the lincoln uh stage back when it opened in 64 probably that that room was a filled up a lot more yeah with computers and yeah <laughs> same with with uh, tiki room tiki room you know it, it has this massive basement all for you know the for the showing you go down there and it's, I mean, it's basically just at this point you know a couple uh storage <laughs> store a laptop in the middle of the room you know yeah. macbook with no not but you know it's it it's you know a lot of empty space because Nowadays, they can run it off of, uh, you know, much uh, smaller computers. <laughs> yeah. The the Opera House is a really cool building because that, that structure was actually built to be the lumber yard for the um, mm -hmm. the park when they were building it. And then it, it, it sat empty for a little while. I think the first thing it was was a uh, Babes in Toyland walkthrough set and in the 50s. And then, you know, obviously, 64 was only, you know, nine years after the park opened. So pretty quickly within that first decade they got something in there that was pretty major they told me i was going jungle cruise got there the first day and they you know took me into costuming which is what they do when you're training 
and uh, they got me a five-piece suit instead of a uh, Jungle Cruise outfit. What was that about? Uh, I mean, I just went with it, and then I asked them, you know, what was this all about? And uh, <laughs> they said Should I be worried? To, which it ended up being a blessing in disguise. I, I mean, the I ended up working at a, an awesome attraction uh, that is no longer there. So, they so. still play the video, though. They do, yes. Where uh, did they play it? I, which is very it's, it's great when I take people into the opera house and we're walking through you know great most Mr. Lincoln lobby and I say there on that uh, you know 32 inch screen is the show that I used to introduce on a microphone in a theater filled with people and now it's been reduced to a uh, small screen in the lobby so. were you working the day when it was closed to the public for the uh, publicity event? Oh, with, like when Steve Martin did the whole thing? No, no. I started right after the uh, attraction launched. <laughs> you worked at uh, at Knott's before that? I did, yeah. What were you doing over at Knott's? Uh, even more exciting things. No, not at all. I was at the main gate, so... Uh, I did. Uh, I was a lead for guest services. So when you were upset about uh, you know some issue you're having with tickets or something like that, and you, they'd say, "Okay, I'll get my manager." Seventeen-year-old uh, Nate Huckabone with his braces would come out and say, "I can help you," <laughs> which people loved. Uh, so yeah, I did that for a while. But as, cool. as soon as I was eighteen out, which was is the age you need to be to work at uh, in Disney attractions in California. Oh, so you were just you almost went for practice at Knotts and then decided. Yeah, I went. Yeah, they hired at sixteen and Disney hired at eighteen. So as soon nice. as I was. Oh, uh, yep. Before we move on to Disneyland, what's the best attraction at Knotts Berry Farm? I mean, there's, not, there's, there's one obvious. One. There, yeah. There, I mean, the Calico Mine ride Thank is you. pretty phenomenal. But but the the Timber Mountain Log ride, which I that's another great one. Uh, my disheveled hair is due to the t- Timber Mountain Log ride today. I went on it. Uh, we were there earlier. Nice. Nice. Um, you excited for the new changes in Calico Mine Ride? I am, and 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 Timber Mountain Log Ride. If anybody has been on it, can can say that that that's the best uh, preview for what's to come in the Calico Mine Ride. Garner Holt, which is a you know industry uh, veteran, uh, is uh, doing the audio animatronics and things like that for the the new Calico Mine Ride, which will be really really great. So I'll be there on the media day. I'm looking forward to it. So. When is that? Cool. You know, uh, the twelfth is the media day, I believe, and I think it's opening grand opens on the fourteenth. Are you going media day from Theme Park League? Did you I guess am, the media yeah, pass? Oh, yeah, that's I, fancy. I somehow convinced somebody that Theme Park League is worth something an invite to. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, that's cool. Robert, you should podcast. see if you can get over there for us. That would be nice. Um, so I guess, yeah, let's head back down Catella and go back to Disneyland. So you started at the 50th film. Mm-hmm. But you were supposed to go to Jungle Cruise. Did you end up going? It sounded like you did. I, yeah. I did. Well, yeah. I, I begged the schedulers for a long time. But before I went to Jungle Cruise, I actually went to Indiana Jones. Oh, cool. And the way I thought of it. I mean, I love Indiana Jones, and, and it's my favorite part, uh, my favorite attraction anywhere. I mean, I worked it for a long time, and I spent a lot of time there. And, uh, you know, still to this day, it's my favorite. That's your favorite attra- Disney attraction. I, favorite attraction, just bar none. I mean, it's it's... Best cue, best for me, anyways. It's just sure. you know, it's a story I relate with. Um, you like super embraced into it. I don't know. That right, no, de- I, we, definitely like is it's uh, immersive. Is, yeah, yeah. I was blown away the first time. Although the first time I wrote it was when they, the queue actually got to wa- spend oh, time winding in there. Before and that was the best, and then yeah, and then Fast Pass came. But I, don't, I still don't understand why with Fast Pass you can't utilize the building as the queue. It's the same thing at. Uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, I and think it's I think also it's a claustrophobia. Yeah, thing. and the same thing at uh, Sp- Space Mountain. I remember being able yeah. to wait inside, and now you can't even do that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, and 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 I, you know, who knows how true this is, but from my time there, what I understood is they, you know, they would have these um, industrial engineers that basically come in and would do you know statistics on all this stuff and uh, fast pass when they used because they used to have it merge where you know fa- the fast pass queue yeah. outside would merge with the normal queue and right before in. the the film right. Uh, well, no, they would actually merge. So the out if the line was long enough and the outside uh, switchbacks were filled up, mm-hmm. they would still have that that ramp up the uh, you know thing there, and basically the fast pass would merge, and they would go down the you know into the, the temple and down the bamboo canyon, and then once they got uh, out of the uh, the spike room and you know where the pillars have fallen yeah. down and get to the rotunda, they would split back off again. Oh. There were signs that literally said, you sure. know, have your fast pass, fast pass goes this way, and. You know, so it's just a nightmare for for uh, staffing reasons. Obviously, you have to you yeah, know, absolutely you have to regulate that and just cause confusion. But with that, it was taking more than 15 minutes for Fast Pass to get on the ride. And yeah. At the time I worked there, 15 minutes was like the that was a cutoff. If 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 it was taking more than 15 minutes for Fast Pass to get on, they, they you defeated wanna, the purpose. Defeated the purpose. Yeah. yeah. I think there was like over 50 people that would work that ride throughout the day. Wow. It was a pretty pretty. That's intense. Nuts, man. Yeah. When they now, had both stations open, everything. Like that. Now. 
how would a cast member for Indiana Jones make sure that people don't jump back in line in that area that's open? That's a good question. It's just an honor policy? Well, no, you've got the rotunda cast member there, and they, they keep an eye on Facebook yeah. and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, there is a camera in there. So What's the rumor about Buddha? Are you guys familiar with this? No. Buddha? In what way? Oh, okay, cool. I wasn't sure. If, uh, there's like a Buddha belly thing or... Uh, like behind behind the scenes at Indy, like in the like the ride breaks down. Have you do you know about this? There was a thing that a lot of cast members would do there, where there was a uh, uh, a little kind of Buddha looking statue uh, near the belt check area. So you know, belt check is where when the cars pull up at yeah. the station, you've got a car on your left and your right, and right before the track merges and it goes into the the, the ride. And so that's where they check your belt. You know, hands up, pulling the yellow strap. And so there's a little Buddha there and. And people put change in its hands, and they'd stack change on it, and yeah, you know, people j- just like with any ride, you know, they you believe in that kind of stuff or not, but yeah, they, you know, some people would say, oh, it broke down because you didn't, you know, yeah. pay your thanks to that to the Buddha. Or... Now, how do you feel about the uh, updates to Indy, the lighting updates, and the? Uh... You're referring to the the Hall of Promise when you yeah. go in and the the projection mapping on the yeah. on the face of Mara there. Um, I uh, I think that a lot of the upgrades they've done to that ride, especially. Uh, like for instance, when you right after that scene, when you come around, you see Indy. Uh, you know, he used to be kind of uh, both arms stretched out, you know, mm-hmm. stretched out, leaning against the doors, and now they've kind of turned it where he changed it to where now he is, uh, you know, putting his shoulder into the door and, and kind of leaning against one door. And I think that, uh, you know, that was like a great change. A lot mm-hmm. of the, the lighting effects in that room with the lightning bolts yeah. through the wall. Yeah, I love that when I first saw it. Yeah. Tokyo's, uh, yeah. and that Indy looks more like him now too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and but I, I, I enjoy the. I mean that the the Hall of Promise has always been such a cool room. I mean it's you see Mara's face, you look into my eyes. The the when I finally went on it, I I love the visuals. And I went the first time I went on it, I saw the uh, visions of the future, which is the star field. That's my favorite one. Yeah, which, yeah, which I mean, just you know, phenomenal. And I think with the new projection effects, it looks. Good. I mean, the the original star field, which was the fiber optics in the dome were were really great but i think that's one where the projection really lends itself to um absolutely really furthers the effect and so i think that one was really good. and so i saw that one as the first one and um uh, but then the voice came on and i remember the voice being like ooh, you know and just because i was so attached to the mm-hmm. that deep booming and, and but very quickly i mean within what like a month that was changed yeah they switched it back because yeah, everyone complained about it uh, which is crazy to think that that they Listen, I, I think yeah that they. I think it's. Then. I think I love that they. Listen. And I and I yeah. don't think that they listen to. I mean, I think they listen to the online community, but I think they listen to um, just guests in general. And I think that's something that, that Disney's been really great at the past um, couple years. Now let me I ask you that, this: <laughs> Is Mara a boy or girl? Uh, I think it's. Uh, it was purposefully made to be uh, asexual. Is that the word I'm looking for? I always thought boy. I think everyone always thought boy, but then. I heard that the reason they changed the voice is because they had a girl doing the voice to make it sound more like the girl that she is. But yeah. and then I've heard that the original voice was James Earl Jones, which I don't believe it was. No, I always thought of it like an Audrey 2 type of thing where Audrey 2 was a female, except they had a male's voice. Yeah. I, from, from everything I understand, and I, I want to say I heard this in an interview or something at one point, but... Um, that it was purposely made to be um, ambiguous because it, it, it's also kind of a that's not of, important to the story. Well, yeah, not that, but also it, you know when you're when you're creating a false deity, you got to be real careful. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's uh, well, I mean you know, false for some, but you know, when you're creating the you know a a religious figure, even if in fiction, um, you know, especially at a park like Disney, you got to be careful to. To not um, step on the toes of anything else, so I think they, they did it in a way where it's uh, it's not really you know it, it obviously has the look and the feel of, of you know certain uh, uh, you know cultures, but um, you know doesn't step on the toes of any of those existing uh, ones out there. Cool. So uh, my question was, I've read recently, and actually in this last week when they reopened Indy, the Hall of Promises effect is not working on the front end of it with mm. the doors switching. Um, and somebody likened it to uh, to the Yeti and an Exhibition Everest, where it's like this thing that they'll never fix because they can't. <laughs> well, it does always have problems, but... Funny story about that door. Actually, uh, when I got trained there at the time, they took us into that room and they'd have us, st- you know, okay, stand right here. And they'd have the lights turned off. And they said, don't move. Whatever you do, don't move. And you would hear this this clinking kind of the sound. And they turn the lights back on and the wall is 
was right there. And so they would take you back behind the, the moving walls and they would swing towards you. And you know, a maintenance guy was there and you know they, they were the ones, you know, having this effect go and everything. But it was a cool little thing. I, yeah. I, I know for a fact they don't do that anymore. But yeah, there's a lot of Was really... it because it was like, Oh, I bet you don't know that the ride works this way, stand here? Uh, it was, I think it was just kind of a fun oh, okay. thing. Whether it was yeah. something that they did, I mean, I don't think it was, you know, written to the manual. Like, yeah. hey, take it to the door I and love... swing, you know, within inches of their face. It yeah. wasn't like that, but it was... Um, um, I know. love the thought of a huge effect like that. That's oh, so yeah. cool. Oh, yeah, and, and it's, such, it's such a cool effect for such a minimal amount of time. And those are the coolest effects when you when you just, you know, it's you're going to see this for three seconds, but it was... And that, I think that's the thing that's so grand about Indiana Jones. I, I, I think in 95, the last time they did a really grand ride you know splash mountain right and you know toontown was obviously in there but toontown i think was a grand area but i, I think yeah. that uh, as far as like you know a when you look at a dark ride taking steps and with these crazy effects you know you see pirates obviously you know really like set the standard and then you know haunted mansion they really did all these cool things and and i think uh you know, everything kind of followed that mold for a long time. And I think Indiana Jones really kind of took it to a new level. I mean, everything from the rolling ball to the, um, mm -hmm. you know, to that, that bridge and, and, uh, you know, the, just every effect, every, every corner of that ride is just so phenomenal. It really is. So you worked there first, you wanted to do Jungle Cruise. So take us what happened next. We've been building up this Jungle Cruise thing and then I'm going to finally get there and it's going to really let you down. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. We, um, so I, I was begging the schedulers, which, um, are situated in these offices right across from where the Jungle Cruise Indiana Jones are. So the Adventureland offices is up there. And the department I was in was Adventure Frontier Main Street. So that that area, and that that's changed over the years. I mean, before, prior to me being there, it used to be, uh, you know, split up differently. But so I'd be up in these offices, and I would go up there um, as a lead for Opera House to get my, you know, paperwork and, um, you know, go tell them about the one time we got to 101. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, there was two schedulers up there, and I would constantly poke my head in and be like, "Hey, you got any opening spots for John Cruz? Got any opening spots for John Cruz?" And they never did. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they had so many other people that they would train. And um, one day, I got I got a call, and I was on my way to junior college class at Fullerton College nearby, and they said, "Hey, we have somebody that dropped out of training. We know you've been wanting to do it. We well, you saw your photocopied note that you pasted on our cubicle." Yeah, I had pasted, you know, a picture of me with saying, Jungle Cruise, choose me, you know, with my number. <laughs> and so um, the, I said, of course, um, I failed that a class that year because solely because of that. Uh, I didn't fail. I withdrew. But I withdrew from a class um, so that I could go uh, train for Jungle Cruise. And it was about, you know, a week or two week process. I forget what it was. But um, when did that and uh, and yeah, pretty much any shift that I could pick up there, I would because my primary job there was being a, still being a lead over at the opera house so the great thing about getting trained at jungle cruise too is that it was kind of like a combo where you got jungle cruise and tiki room tiki room took mm. you know negative three people to operate or you know whatever it is. <laughs> and so um it uh you know i think tiki room takes takes two people to operate and so um they would train you on both and for the majority of people at jungle they you know the people that worked there for a while would, would work tiki and so the amount of tiki shifts I worked were, you know, really like a handful. My last shift in Adventureland, though, was before I went over to Tomorrowland, uh, was working in the tiki room, wearing the right as they'd brought in the new orange corduroy jackets. Mm. <laughs> so what's your favorite Jungle Cruise joke? Oh, that's a good question. I think there's a, there's a lot. And did you write your own? Let's go around the room. Um, Please. Mine was uh, uh, like the broken little bridge thing, you know, mm -hmm. like right in the, the ruins. Yeah, uh, and the guy was like, uh, "Ladies and gentlemen, this was Walt Disney's first attempt at the monorail." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good. I've gag. not heard. I've not. I've only heard it once. Yeah, I became a big fan of of people who could um, could deliver the Jungle Cruise spiel as scripted because the script really is phenomenal. But you'll read jokes and you'll be like, "That is not funny. How is that funny?" And then you'd see somebody who would do it, and it would be hilarious. Mm. And I think that was the. I think that's the charm of the Jungle Cruise. Um, but I mean, as far as like a favorite joke, I mean, there, there's probably too many to name. The you know, the natives are, are probably one of my favorite spots, and then also the you know the hippo hippo gags are always always great. Yeah. Um, some of which were were not in the script that were that I saw people do that were just uh, phenomenal. But just to give a shout out to one skipper, Kip Hart, he's a phenomenal uh, skipper and someone who is he's actually stand up comedian. He does the the skipper stand up that they do. Nice. 
Um, oh, wait, wait. There's give, a thing? This is a thing? Yeah, there, there's some skippers from, from Days of Yore that, um, you know, it's not like, a, as far as I know, it's not like something that's endorsed by Disney. It's just kind of a, a comedy club that will... That that's great fe- features i would see that from some skippers and, oh. and uh yeah robert what's your favorite joke and i probably have to go with uh and now for the most dangerous part of your journey the return to civilization and the california freeways <laughs> <laughs> uh what about you i don't know because some of my favorites have either been i went on a skipper's last shift that was uh at night during the fireworks and there were all adults on oh, yeah. so it was amazing and absolutely he would have been fired if anybody heard him saying these jokes they were so good though um uh i mean there was one part where we turned down the nile and he did all lighting effects and did about a minute and a half of star tours narration (laughs) it was really really good um but uh one of my favorites because it reminds me of uh of a buddy of mine that used to be a Uh, jungle cruise skipper was he would point out the people that would come off of the uh would be exiting indiana jones and would make some comment about them uh most of the time it's uh about the children staying with their parent or leeching on their parents for 18 years or something like that um but he said when he was a skipper sometimes when they would be on break they would stand there and pretend as if they were the natives with the uh with the spears and everything in that section too it was really good so i like that every once in a while when i walk out of indy and i see a boat go by i try to act all crazy so yeah. that they <laughs> like say something like yeah. that is a crazy man yeah no, i just realized what my favorite jungle cruise joke is when they get on the microphone in the queue and say ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen please pay attention due to unforeseen circumstances the jungle cruise will remain open the rest of the day <laughs> Yeah, my, one of my favorite Q jokes uh, with the owner of the uh, you know wad of cash uh, wrapped in a red rubber band. You know, please report to the shipping office. We have good news. We found your red rubber band. You know, or like you know <laughs> things like that. So yeah, the, the Q is you know the Q is you know just as much fun. And that was something. My first time going to Walt Disney World was actually in 2007 um, as a, as a cast member, and I went with fellow cast members who also work Jungle, and. Um, Going there, they when I when I went there, I remember their their cue was all uh, canned. You know, it was all rec- pre-recorded, and you know I, I'm sure they have the ability to jump on, but it wasn't like California where you know they had some some music, but you know as as far as the jokes, those were all delivered no. by you know the, the skippers themselves. A good friend of mine, and actually somebody that I, I got trained at that at Indiana Jones with, um, he kind of did the what I call like the James Dean stint at, uh, at jungle cruise, like where he's like, you know, I got to jungle cruise, did it. And he did it for, you know, a couple of years or a year or two. And then, you know, I'm out of here. And he went out like in a blaze of glory where like, he, you know, like rode every animal in the jungle and, and, you know, Whoa. Uh, uh, it, which, yeah, which sounds, you know, crazy, but no, he rode every animal. Yes. This particular, he got on the zebra. He, <laughs> yeah, no, he did. He probably, you know, I don't want to get the guy in trouble. Who knows? Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. But that doesn't zebra matter hasn't worked since 2006. <laughs> no, um, and, and and I love going on his boats because he'd be so spontaneous. I when I when I was there, it was when Rock and Space Mountain was there. Yeah, you know, which like just such a beautiful disaster that ride was. I mean, it was. Just I loved like, it. I loved it because it was so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. I just yeah. went on. I was like, this is the the, the epitome of. Absurd. Remember that original? The original it. plan for that was to make that the nighttime version of the ride. Yeah. At yeah. the flip of a switch. Yeah. I think, uh, from what I understand, and which I never work space, but uh, from what I understand, there's still some spots on the control panel in the in the in the tower. Um, when I say tower, the, the control tower. <laughs> Rocking button. You know, literally, there, there were some, <laughs> some things, and and the intention was that it was supposed to be, you know, flick of the switch. I wrote it for the, the previews when they were getting, they were, because they tested it out on on Grad Night. Yeah. Uh, you know, the year prior to that, or the same year. They tested it on Grad Night, and it wasn't uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers that was the band. It was oh. uh, Stink. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> which, you know, resounding... Uh, uh, applause, right? I, I to this day, I think on my iTunes top played is my uh, "Welcome aboard, Rocket Rockers." Oh yeah, 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 nice. Welcome aboard, Rocket Rockers. This is your Uncle Joe Benson, broad blasting live across the universe. The co-creator of ThemeParkLeague.com, he actually had a much longer stint at the Jungle Cruise, and he was a lead there and um, was a trainer there. A really great guy. In fact, the when you walk out of the Jungle Cruise, the map. That you see that they hand out, you know, if you ever ask for the map um, at the Jungle Cruise, which supposedly lately it's um, they've been 
I didn't know you could do that. They, they're, and they're, I mean, they're beautiful. You look at them and they're just, you know, they're fine pen drawing, really nice drawing, and they, they print it on, you know, the papyrus paper or whatever yeah. it is, you know. Uh, and that was actually drawn by, he doesn't work for the company anymore, Luis Flores, uh, the, um, the guy who I've done this website with. And uh, he, he drew it. He would actually do these drawings. He worked at uh, Tarzan's Treehouse back when it was a uh, um, staff position, which is no longer is. Yeah. You won't find any staff there. But he would do these fine pen drawings. And one that he did was of the Jungle Cruise. That's cool. And uh, WDI actually... Um, commissioned him? Somehow, No, not at all. They, they somehow approved a drawing that that a hourly cast member did um you know that he did um to be used and to be handed out to, to kids i mean normally that would be something that yeah wdi would be getting paid for and and just recently uh, he moved out to florida when i did and he's still out there um you know chasing the dream and um i sent him a picture one day because they actually blew up that map and that's now in the shipping office yeah so in the shipping office wow getting off the you know where all the you'll usually see a crowd of cast members around it um Next to the signed Indiana Jones picture. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that that is his his map that he drew, and I mean it's just a really cool map, and yeah, you can ask for it. I think it, you know it's mainly reserved for the navigator or the kid, sure. kid that they. Uh, so don't don't go draining their supply of maps, everybody. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So continuing your journey working at the Magic Kingdom of Disneyland. Did my stint in uh, over there and uh, in Adventure Frontier Main Street area and. Then the Finding Nemo Submarine Voyage was going to be opened, and I hopped on board for that and got on the test and adjust crew. And uh, so we, you know, I spent a lot of time just sitting in submarines uh, with a walkie-talkie next to my ear, waiting for an Imagineer or somebody to tell me to move it to scene seven or neat. Stay where you're at. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, I mean, it was great. And I, I uh, uh, you know, so it, and those are the fun days when there's walls up around the yeah you know, the lagoon. Did and, you ever talk to John Lasseter? Uh, talk? No, I I never talked to the guy. Oh, I saw him there. Neat. Talked to Tony Tony Baxter, and that I think that that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know I I love Disney. I love just I love the films just as much as anybody else. But um, I, I think for me, uh, I was just to talk to Tony Baxter. I was that was so cool. Which is like so nerdy because like who else is you know a buddy of mine who works at Imagineering just met Tony Baxter and he signed his Figment doll. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry, Epcot, big, of course. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I was, yeah, I was thinking of Tony Baxter, mm-hmm. just kind of off and on. <laughs> this sounds strange, <laughs> Tony. If you're listening, I'm I'm not crazy. I, you're a nice guy, and I don't think about you. I don't have a shrine or anything. He does have a shrine. I do. Is there anything special about the submarines that happen that you want to talk about? Or yeah, I mean, uh, submarine. I mean, that was such a cool uh, a- attraction to bring back, and I think. It's a testament to how Disneyland really, uh, or Disneyland nowadays, anyways, or the Disneyland of the past uh, decade or half decade, um, really caters to the local crowd rather than, uh, you know, maybe it's uh, sister parks across, you know, the country where they kind of tour to just mainly, I mean, they, they cater to mainly tourists. Um, and so here, you know, they, they brought back this attraction that, you know, had such this, this nostalgia around it. And when it went away, it was such like a big, you know, oh my gosh, you know, how, how could they do this? Um, yeah, it was really cool to be a part of that. Uh, you know, when I say part of that test and adjust crew, I mean, I was literally, uh, you know, uh, going in there, just basically learning how to move this thing around. I mean, you know, other, other than, you know, doing little operational stuff like that and maybe showing a construction crew, you know, around without having, you know, around a catwalk or something, there really wasn't much that I, uh, contributed to it. Um, but you know, I, I, is, you know, just being a part of that opening operations crew was really fun and, uh, summer I'll never forget. Did you ever get to swim in the water? <laughs> Not at all, no. But we, <laughs> we um, it, it's funny that there is, uh, uh, we would, I had this cup and we would, like, just like a, a cup, like I guess I had, and we would pick up water. And I, when I was at the the rear dock, which is, you know, the, the first dock that you encounter as you're coming back in to, you know, as, as the sub's pulling back in. And we would we would take these cups of water and we would throw them against the plexiglass. <laughs> not the, not not throw the actual cup, but we'd throw water, you know, a big a cup of water at the uh, the plexiglass. And the thing about those sail, the, the sail as they're called, which is the area that you stand up in, mm. uh, that person stands on this pedestal in the middle of the submarine, and all the guests sitting down in their seats, all nineteen of them, they would see from your waist down, which was exciting. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, if you've worked there for more than a day. You, you've probably had a strange encounter uh, where you're standing up in the sail and, uh, you know, somebody does not believe that 
you are real and you know starts to touch your awesome. leg or something like that and so um and usually when that would happen to me i wouldn't say anything and then we get back after the 17 minute journey and then i lean down with the microphone and be like I want to thank everybody for coming today. And I'd make eye contact with that person that I knew was, uh, you know, touching my leg or something. And you just see this this look of fear fall over their faces. Like, oh, no, he was not an audio animatronic. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you know, so and, and the, your, the upper half of your body, the operator's body, was up in the sail looking out the window uh, above the water. So, uh, you know, looking out to see what's in front of them so they could, you know, know when to slow down and everything. And so inside that sail, it was really just a fiberglass shell with these plexiglass windows. I remember the first time being in a submarine as uh, at, on a night shift and those fireworks going off and they would just echo inside that, inside the sail. And I mean, just like, you know, it, it's a lot closer than where like if you're standing in front of the castle, you know, so these things were, were launching off over you and they were just going off. And, and I just remember, you know, like, oh my gosh, because it was frightening. Yeah, that was a, that was a exciting experience here having the war zone you know <laughs> the first time but uh yeah so we we would freak freak out drivers as they're pulling in this massive submarine and, and, Full of and trying to concentrate yeah. on when to pull back so that they don't run into the submarine in front of them and um you know i took pride in uh, distracting them from doing that so <laughs> i remember like uh i think we'd met just before that you were still working at the you went because you went back to the opera house yeah we met at disneyland yeah. i met this guy at disneyland addison that is and, um, well, I don't know if you've ever done it. It's really cool. Like you, he would get us on without like waiting and stuff like that. But then at one point, we tried to get on uh, the ride, and you're like, "We, I can't get you on there, but I can take you to the handicapped uh, viewing theater." Have you ever done that before? What for oh, the, the submarine voyage? Yeah, th- this sounds really shady. It. Like I was like, "I can't get you in there, but I can, I can get you handicapped in here." <laughs> no, it, the marine observation out, outpost, as it was called, or the MOO for short was this ingenious idea by the Imagineers as they're bringing back this attraction that uses these submarines that were built in 1959. Yeah. Obviously, the, you know, they mm-hmm. looked into the possibility of adding a lift into, you know, to have like a, just like the Jungle Cruise has where they have, you know, this one, um, sure. you know, boat that... Uh, that you know, Handicap yeah, accessible. Exactly. And so uh, they realized that wasn't going to happen, that it just, you know, wasn't feasible. And so... Um, they came up with this great idea to have the marine observation outpost where you take them into this room and and it was a cool little room i mean to its credit it was well done and it had lockers so it kind of looked like you know like a diver's like a you know little room for the crew but then in, there was this big um screen on the wall tv screen and they would basically do a virtual ride through where it was a video of did you know this was there robert i didn't know that one was there but i know they have it for uh the castle walkthrough very it's carbon huh. copy i mean it's very similar well not car- i mean you're, you're going through the you know you're seeing nemo not sleeping beast staircase yeah but yeah it's uh no it's i Her mean name is aurora sorry but the lights go down <laughs> and you know and, and it's it's got surround sound in there but i mean it, you know these people i mean they would just be furious they wait in line forever and then you you know you tell them and, and that ride because of you know, the, the theoretical line, rider yeah the, the yeah. rider capacity which is very low um you know it would have this massive line and the the secondary line for guests needing assistance was was sometimes even longer than the main line. And wow. so you'd get them up there and you'd try to wheel them into a room and to watch a TV screen, they weren't too happy. And so, you know, very uh, people caught on real quick. And, I mean, you would see acts of God uh, where, you know, miracles happening every day on that, uh, on that dock as people were getting up out of their wheelchairs, <laughs> whether they liked it or not, you know, and being, uh, going down into these submarines because they wanted so I mean, and, and that was, I mean, that's, if anything, that's a testament to the dedication of a lot of, you know, the, these. That's kind of cool. I would love doing. to see that if the ride reopens. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Of course see. it's going to reopen. So I, I did my stint at Disneyland in attractions and Nemo was it for me. So Nemo, well, no, not it for me, but Nemo was kind of when I was uh, at the time reevaluating reevaluating what I wanted to do, and uh, it was about a year or two later. I did a college program. I worked. At, I did a short stint at the Disneyland Hotel front desk, but then one of my managers who worked at the hotel told me about the college program that he had done it. And so, as my college time was ticking away, I realized maybe I should do this before you know that passing me up, and I did it. So. Now, did I hear you correctly? The first time you went to Walt Disney World was when you worked there. When I worked at Disneyland, so with okay. my, my handy-dandy cast member discount, I had it to 
to Disney World, and so that was about that would a year be a weird before. experience. A oh, buddy of mine just time. went to Walt Disney World for his first time for work. He was oh, wow. shooting the season finale of The Middle, oh, which, nice. is, which, which I, shot yeah, there. I heard yeah, about that, they did he had never been before. <laughs> so oh, man. his entire time there, he got to be in the Utilidors. I had a lot of firsts there, working there too. Because, sure. I mean, there's there's a lot to do there. So I mean, even when my first vacation, which I spent, I think five days there you know there's still a lot i didn't i hadn't seen and um in between all that i had i flew out for the last month of uh of pleasure island because i really wanted to do that cool so i i flew out there i i had at the time uh Which they just got down, to right? an age where i could uh fully enjoy pleasure island if you know what i mean um i was 21 that's got it no no weird like innuendo there or anything <laughs> uh but uh, yeah so i flew out there for that had a great time, met some people, and then, uh, and then that's really was kind of the thing that pushed me to, to move back out there. So, and I went off and worked at Dinosaur in Animal Kingdom. Great. Which is uh, Indiana Jones. Rides this was Indiana Jones. So, it was a five day training. I was done on day two because wow. it was very very. You knew similar, everything. Yeah. Which was great. Yeah, I mean, no, I didn't know everything. There was a lot different about that ride. Well, it Felicia was really, Rashad. Felicia, and... yeah, which you had to do a lot of research on. Uh, the Cretaceous period. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Carnotaurus, not a T-Rex. So um, after that, I went over to uh, open the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Went to the dark side there. And how was that? Universal Orlando, the resort over there, I felt that felt more like the working environment that I had at Disneyland than Walt Disney World did, if hmm. that makes sense. Now, granted, I worked in Animal Kingdom, which is kind of a, a big, very spread out park. So, you know, there's not as much of a sense of community with the cast members as it's far away from all the other parks too yeah i mean the sense of community that i got was really from all the college program program people that i yeah. lived in the complex with you know that, that disney has but um yeah the uh universal you know it, it's very smashed and you know together it's it's small it's like it, you know very similar to the layout of disneyland resort where it's very you know two parks right next to each other with a shopping district and in the backstage area was um very busy you know and so um met a lot of really cool people there people that, you know do you love the wizarding world I went into my interview there, and uh, God bless these people that decided to hire me for for this. But um, they gave me the, the little they, they gave me a test, a little test to take on Harry Potter. And so, I mean, I, I scored really low on it. And I and my girlfriend, who is like the biggest Harry Potter fan uh, now, like I tell her about that, and you know she she cringes because uh, I I was probably one of three people on the entire crew that really didn't know a lot about Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot about Harry Potter because of the experience, and they actually had a class to really kind of get you up to speed on it. And I watched all the movies, and I you know I I read a couple of books, and so um, it was. I mean, it was kind of surreal in the sense of when you deal with the fans in Wizarding World of Harry Potter, and that would come through the Forbidden Journey, which is the ride that you know the main ride that I opened. The fans that come through there, I mean, you have an experience like. I hadn't experienced something like that working at Disneyland. I mean, Disneyland's got some pretty devout fans, and they're fans of the park, and, and what the, you know, they're fans of pirates, and, and so they're very unique in that way. But then you go over to uh, Wizarding World, and the fans that are coming through, they're fans of Harry Potter. And I mean, when you tell them that, I'm sorry, you can't ride because we can't get the, you know, we can't get the the restraint down. I mean, these people would like break down crying. I mean, there's just you know the well. the level of fandom that that place had uh, was was pretty intense and and uh, I mean it was pretty cool too. I mean it really adds to any. I thought you were gonna say you had a spiel to tell them. Oh, the the attraction isn't working because of some magical thing, and then they uh, challenged you on it and said, "No, oh, that doesn't make sense." No, that's because too. yeah, <laughs> I got I got at one time um, I got talked to because I used the term uh, was it the uh, mug blood? Is that the the term? Uh, I, mean, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but I guess it's not a good word. Mug blood. The, I <laughs> I think of the few things on my record at Universal, <laughs> I think one of them is used this fictional term that is. Not to be used. <laughs> mug blood. Whoa. Not muggle. Or yeah, well, muggles cool. That I guess that's that's muggles that's, are humans. Yeah, muggles are humans, and or so I've grown people. to appreciate. Mug the, blood sounds like a Harry gang. Potter. Yeah, the, whatever it was, you weren't supposed to be saying. I hope the guy who wrote me up isn't listening to this, being like he didn't learn his lesson. We sat in there for thirty minutes as I wrote. <laughs> I had him sign a document that he'd never speak of it again. I know. If you're of the age that you're able to do a college program, I can't recommend it more. I mean, it was an awesome thing. Met people from all over the world. How do you do it? Just apply online. You just show up. They 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 put. Do you, you have in. to be no, a cast don't. member already? No, not at all. Wow. So you just you. I really wish I would have known about that in college. Me too. Ugh. 
No age limit. Um, college think, age. There are some. There are some people. Yeah, I mean, it's for people in college. But there are some. Some. Let's re-enroll. I know. What if I just took like one class in college, just yeah, so I can do it? Yeah, Valley College is right down the street. I think we can go <laughs> sign up for a class right now. Can we sign up for a class to get a free trip to Disney World? I think that's how it works. Yeah. We'll sign up to a Kids, class sign at up, every find community your college. Yeah. In the Southern in the Tri County area. area. In the Tri County area. Yeah. And we'll go to every single college program meeting they have just to to make our chances that much better. That, yeah. We're getting back in. Yeah. Do you want to play a game where we just ask quick questions and see? What your answers are, where it's just like one word answers, like favorites. You okay. Know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I like it. Actually has this. Favorite ride at Disneyland. Well, the disclaimer will be that <laughs> we're not, uh, this may not be our favorite. This may not be like what the answer that if I was like on my deathbed and you're like, okay, like really think about it that I would commit to. We'll start over. Favorite ride at Disneyland. Indy. California Adventure. Tower of Terror. Magic Kingdom. Hall of Presidents. Epcot. Oh, uh, American Adventure. Mm. I'm saluting right now. Hollywood Studios. Great movie ride. Uh, Animal Kingdom. Kilimanjaro. What's your favorite food at Disneyland? My current favorite food is the barbecue baked potato over at the Harbor. Harbor Galley? Yeah, yeah. over by um, Infernot Haunted Mansion there. It's phenomenal. Wow, so I'm going to have to try that. I haven't had yeah. that. Five out of four stars. Who's the biggest celebrity you've seen at Disneyland? Stamos. I saw Mark Wahlberg. He's bigger. Is he? I don't know, man. Stamos pretty big. But Stamos is pretty important to see at Disneyland. That's yeah. a big deal. I heard Stamos bought the... Uh... The D. The D from the old Disneyland. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Was... John Stamos? Yeah. He yeah. Bought, yeah. He bought the You sign. can see it on Google Maps. That's dope. I've called him out on Twitter about probably 1,400 times and never gotten a response. Oh, yeah. Uh, Stamos, if you're listening. Just... On Instagram, he posted a picture of an animatronic pirate head he has from, from the ride. And I commented on it, but he didn't respond. Because I, I recognized which pirate it was. I said, that's the guy on the cannon, right? That's Ted. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like you knew its name. He has a name. Okay. His name is Sven. Explosivo, I think it's his color. name. Explosivo. <laughs> favorite cast member costume? Oh, the Main Street Opera. Well, for the guys, the Main Street Opera House. For the girls, not so much. David, do you have any quick questions? Uh, I don't know. That you sort of handled everything, and what I love the most is Nate and I see eye to eye on almost every Disney attraction. He was texting me the answers. I oh, just... <laughs> here's some more. Tower of Terror, Florida, California. Oh, Florida. Pirates, Florida, California. Oh, California with yeah. a dog. Haunted Mansion, Florida, California. Oh, California. Uh, what else? Splash Mountain. Uh, pretty much the same. Yeah. I, I like the placement of it in Disneyland a lot better. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like in Walt it's Disney natural. World, it's yeah, Walt Disney World, it's like it, it just feels kind of like, smashed huh? together. Yeah. yeah, like the train station. Like everything's all just like up in a little jumble. And So I think that about covers it after that quick game of a lightning round of your favorite things from Disney parks. Mm-hmm. Do you have any like interesting Disney material you think people should check out? Like the book that you gave me that I haven't read that's collecting dust. Oh, Project Future. Uh, yeah, great. It, it's about how they were buying up uh, the process of buying up all the land for the Florida Project. And- oh, great. I think you told me about that book too. Yeah, yeah it was, it was a fun little read. I mean, it's it's something that probably if if you're not a like if you know nothing about uh, Walt Disney World or even like you know anything about it, you probably will be kind of scratching your head. But it it was it, I, I really enjoyed it. That that one's really good. There's another one um, about the electrical engineers at Epcot, and it's available like on Amazon and stuff. I mean, just type in Epcot, and it's like one of two books written about Epcot. So um, it's a really good one too. I cool, that. fun read. Well, hey, I want to thank you for being on the podcast for your first time. Thank you. Thank you for letting me come in here yeah. eat pizza. So everybody can find you at ThemeParkLeague.com. ThemeParkLeague.com. Uh, are you on the Twitters? Yeah, at ThemeParkLeague, uh, Instagram. Thank you for, so much for being on. Thank you, Addison, for returning to the podcast. Yes, thank you, Jack. And one of my corrections was actually that I didn't thank Addison for being on the last podcast. So I want to thank Addison for being on podcast episodes 9 and 10. Uh, anytime I am available, looking for work. Very, uh, I would just please anybody. Uh, Shall we move on to news? Yeah, let's. Um, let's start at Walt Disney World with the uh, the Seven Dwarves Mine Train, which you don't want to watch the ride through of, but it looks incredible. That's right. I do not want to watch the ride through, but I did see a little bit of stuff with the animatronics. 
Um, it does look incredible. The animatronics do have projected faces. From do you within. not like that, or do you do you? Uh, like I don't know if I like it or not. I feel like I would rather have a real face. I didn't like the idea of it, but they look really great. They they, they do, but are they going to wear with time? What? How would they wear? What do you mean? Like Buzz Lightyear has worn down. Like it's not as bright and. Hmm. Not as much contrast as there once was. Oh, maybe. I feel like that's upkeep, though. But yeah, I am really excited to see it one day. Yeah. Uh, here's a weird piece of news. Disneyland and Walt Disney World are on Snapchat. I don't even know what that I is. I was going to say, do you even know what Snapchat is? It's sort of like Instagram without you being able to ever just see the pictures again. So you can say, okay, this picture will be displayed for one to ten seconds. And then once you've seen it, that's it. You can't ever see it again it's just i guess it's another piece that they're reaching out on social media to be able to uh to market the parks but uh yeah i don't know that's weird uh the maleficent preview and it's tough to be a bug have you seen it i have have you nope it's fun to be in there it's a really neat queue actually uh they changed it no it's the same but okay. they took down all the posters and things in there so mm. it's just uh, so you can't see it's tough to be a bug if you wanted to right now no okay but yeah the preview was good i mean angelina jolie looks good uh they did use some special effects but surprisingly not a lot of special effects is for, it in 3d or i mean it? for the uh 4d experience yeah it's in 3d oh okay <laughs> uh next thing is uh have you gotten the imagineering field guide to disney california adventure park i did have you read it parts of it oh what'd you read i read about tower of terror about carthay circle mm. about buena vista street I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I started reading through Buena Vista Street. I thought it's a very good book. Yeah, I love it. Those books are great. Yeah, I love reading them cover to cover. Have you seen any of the other new merchandise that's out at Disneyland? I saw some of the Adventureland stuff. Um, I really, really wanted the throw pillow because it kind of looks like this blue one that I have. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was going to be textured like a tapestry texture. And it's really sort of like a, like a, I don't know, like a weird material. It's a printed material. And yeah. I thought it was a, I thought it was a tapestry. Yeah. But, so I was sort of disappointed. I really wanted that. And the elephants I thought were cool, but I thought they were candles the first time I saw them. So now I don't understand what the point of them are. To collect them and display them. No, I feel like it, I, I, it, it then made me think of candles at Disney World and Disneyland in general. I think that would be a great market they could tap into that I would love. If it was a but, candle, would you burn it? Yeah. But then it would go away forever. Yeah, but you had it once. Ugh. I don't like to keep stuff anymore, I guess. Well, they are coming out with some neat stuff. Um, I did buy one of those elephants. I bought the red one. I'd prefer a gray one, but they don't make it in gray. Hmm. Um, I like the coasters. The coasters were neat. They have lots of plates and glasses. Mm -hmm. We bought some of those. Trash can salt and pepper shakers. I saw those. Those are great. Yeah. We got all those. And uh, How many are there? There's four of them. Okay. Frontierland. Four sets or four no, shakers? four shakers. Got it. Um, Frontierland, Adventureland, Fantasyland, and Tomorrowland. Hmm. And uh, there's lots of orange bird stuff that has come out, including a neat ceramic figure that we bought. Mm -hmm. What do you do when you start running out of space for these things? Well, we don't run Move? Out. We don't run out of space. <laughs> we make room. Mm. We have our jungle adventure-themed bathroom. True. Fill it up with stuff. You texted me the other day that uh, Big Thunder was down again. We complained about this on the last podcast that you haven't even been on it since it reopened. Well, yeah, I did a sneak preview, as I said. So I've been on the new version of it, but since then I haven't been on it. This is the fourth time in a row it has broken down when I was at Disneyland, and it never reopened for the rest of the day. It's probably about 10 o'clock at night. Close oh, okay. To yeah, that's a bummer. Prices went up at Disneyland. I missed that. Yeah, um, people aren't happy. And uh, a one-day, one-park ticket is now $96. The premium annual pass, which I have, is now up to $699. And the premier pass is now over $1,000. Really? I remember the first year it was $850, only yeah. like three years ago. I think prices have doubled in the last 10 years. Wow. And people are saying, have they added enough stuff in the last 10 years to make it worth it? No, but I know people are saying pricing them out. That's what people are saying. They're pricing out people. Oh, and they also got rid of the Southern California Select Pass. Really? Yeah. Oh. Or at least as of right now, you can't buy it. 
Wow. So people are upset. I think since our last podcast, or I don't know if we mentioned it in the last one, did we talk about the anniversary of Hollywood Studios? Uh, no, I don't think we did. And it was a big deal. Yes, Hollywood Studios in Florida turned 25 on May 1st. Yeah. I remember the last thing we talked about was that uh, Tower of Terror was going to be turning 20. 20 in Florida and 10 here. And 10 here. Yes, I don't remember if we talked about that or not. Yeah, it was funny that we talked about it was turning 20 and then... The next week, it was Disney Hollywood Studios' 25th anniversary. Yeah. A friend of mine sent me the park map from that day. Oh, very cool. With the special 25th anniversary logo on it. And the map is actually on, like, the flap. And then when you open it up inside, it has the original opening day map. Oh, that's cool. I like that. So that's pretty neat. Well, that's pretty much it for Disney news that I have. Yeah, what I'd like to do is actually go over a couple corrections from the last podcast. Corrections? What did we do? Well, I mentioned the band at Tomorrowland Terrace that I really liked, and I think I called them, I don't, now that I know what they're called, I think I called them Suburban Commando, and they're called Suburban Legends. Okay. Uh, and they're a great band. It looked like they've been around since 2003, so they're still trucking. I think they're touring Europe right now. Ooh. But they are a great band, and if you can catch them at Tomorrowland Terrace, do. Do they play Disney tunes? Not that I saw. They play all original stuff, but it's original. Yeah, it's that's what I liked about them. Yeah. They're so great, and they really command the audience. I mean, they everybody's that's why on they're board. Called command, <laughs> right? No, suburban legends. I right. thought they were suburban commando for, <laughs> for some reason. Before, but and the uh, the last thing I want to do is I want, I really started listening to a lot of our peers. Disneyland mm-hmm. podcasts and I started blowing you up sort of when I did I was like listen to this podcast they're really really great I never got a chance to listen to <laughs> oh they're really really good uh, so uh, I right now I'm listening to about eight of them uh, so I'd like to give each a shout out on every episode that we do okay and go ahead first one I'll do is the DL Gazette the DL Gazette is a terrific podcast if you haven't heard it uh, and they're really, really seasoned. It seems like they do stuff inside the parks. They're in different places in the country, and they really sort of come together to create this uh, this, uh, this show. And I, I mean, all the podcasts I listen to and all the blogs that we follow, I mean, kudos to everybody for putting in the time because it's a lot of work. Those guys at DL Gazette are really doing a good job. They really seem to have their formats down, and that's what I, that's what I um, sort of admire about them all. So there it is. Episode 10. Another one in the bag. Episode 10. (laughs) Uh, Do we even know what's happening on the next podcast? I don't think so. No, not yet, but we'll have something good in store for you. Why don't you follow us at Twitter at RemainSeatedPLS or on Facebook, RemainSeatedPlease. You can find us on Instagram at RemainSeatedPlease. And somewhere on there, we'll announce what the next podcast is so you could submit your questions. And as a reminder, submit your questions via the website or Twitter uh, or Facebook for Mark Silverman. I got one in the other day. Game Since on YouTube wanted to ask if he ever talks in the voice during the ride to freak out writers. So we will ask Mark that question. Okay, we will. uh, And uh, see what he thinks. All right. I think it's time for bed. Uh, So for Remain Seated Please, I'm David. And I'm Robert. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Arby's Special Sauce. Well, folks, this concludes our show. There. That wasn't so bad. Was it? I'll see you all a little later. You may not survive to pass this way again. Time to be moving along. Hurry back. And barrel around to see us again.